0: Patrick, man, how you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How have you been?
0: I'm, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. What's uh What's been going on? It's been a few since we've since we've got together.
1: Yeah, I think the last time we got together was uh, February of last year when you swung by the office.
0: Yes, what a what a nice little establishment you guys have there.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, although I had nothing to do uh, with building it, I will take credit for it. Yeah, um. <laughs>
0: yeah mine's well, right. Oh, hopefully, well.
1: hopefully helping build it into the future. Um, what's happened in the past 12 months? Uh, so first full year at McGowan, uh, that was a lot of fun. And then um, in the past month, probably the biggest change is I've gone from a lone wolf, uh, sole producer to bringing someone else on and sort of building a team approach to sales. So first time mm-hmm. I've done this in my 15 years in the industry, and I'm looking forward to it. So that's a big change. How's that going? Well, he's going to listen to this podcast, so I'm going to tell you it's going great. <laughs> it's it's going well. It's it, it is. It's going well.
0: What's 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 the guy's name? Jake. Jake, it's it's fantastic. You're doing a good job. It's beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. No, we're just having some fun. So yeah, um, team approach. So what what um, what dynamics have you noticed? In that in that new team approach, to where, um, you know, this is this is a new challenge for you. Like, what's the biggest thing that you you're adjusting to?
1: Uh, the biggest thing that both he and I are adjusting to is, I, I think we've talked about this before, is building a book of business. And uh, in our industry, is a get rich slow game. So to bring him yeah. on, um, you know, there's there's a sacrifice that I had to made, that I had to make. Excuse me, and then for him to come on. He had to make a sacrifice too. I brought him in from another industry. So we're both sacrificing Mm. to make this happen because we both see the end game in mind. What it's like to build a client base, uh, what it's like to build your book of business and to craft it and to shape it uh, as you want. And then you know the success that comes. I mean, that's obviously the goal for us all is um, the success that comes down the road. Because typically in our industry, it doesn't come in year one. It doesn't come in year two. It doesn't come in year three it comes after the first decade and after the second decade so you know what does this look like in our 50s uh that's that's sort of the goal that we're doing and what can we do to build habits and to build a lifestyle that reflects you know the goals that we want to reach it's as simple as that
0: yeah no i mean it's uh, it is um it's it's, it is a fascinating the thing that i guess i want to know is what industry did you pull them from and, and what has that been like like what kind of hard sell was there on insurance or was this something that he was already interested in?
1: He's a consummate salesman, first of all. Um, he yeah. would be better on this podcast to speak about sales than me. Um, and so, Come you know, now, reading, Patrick, yeah, <laughs> reading Reagan Consulting, reading Marshberry um, and the best hiring practice that they talk about. Uh, one of the things that they always recommend is do not hire recycled insurance producers. Hire someone who's successful in another industry and then teach them insurance. Uh, yeah. So it, it's something that I've always wanted to do um, was to bring someone on that was successful in another industry. Um, because selling and maintaining and growing the book that you have, uh, it's 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 difficult to do it on your own. Um, I'm sure you've heard a lot of times as producers saying, I don't have time to sell. I don't have time to take. If I sell, I don't have time to take care of my clients. And if I take care of my clients, I don't have time to sell. So um, what would it look like? I started to think, what would it look like to create a team approach where um, we have sales and we have great retention? And I started to realize I can't do both of those on my own. Uh, so I've been talking with him for about two years. Oh, wow. It's, it's yeah, it's been a slow sale, um, partly because one, one of the great things about our industry, I think you understand this, Joey, is that January 1st of every year, in other industries, no matter what you sell, you start January 1st at zero and yeah. you have to sell all over again. Whereas if you're good at client retention, if you make a dollar in 2018, in 2019, you can pretty much guarantee that you start at $0.92. Cents. You typically, your client retention is about 92% uh, of the value yeah. of the year before. So that that's actually a pretty easy sell for most people. When you start to explain the benefits of residual income, uh, that's good. Uh, that's uh, the, I think, the most ben- beneficial thing about our industry. So um, I've sort of like taken a step aside and um, I'm training him, um, what it looks like to go out and hunt. and uh, he's obviously taken to it like a fish in water and training my team to take on more of a service role, um, so that I can go out and hunt as well. Um, I I never want to give that up ever. Um, but I, you know, it took some humility, but I just said like, I can't do this on my own and I found someone better at me than hunting. So we're going to do it together and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's fascinating. Um, because it it is a tough, it's a tough realization to get to. Um, at some point and, and to, to kind of get there and everybody's always, you know, looking for ways to, um, to bring in that new talent and everything. And, and this is within, let me, let me, I just clarify this is within the walls of McGowan, correct?
1: A hundred percent. Yep.
0: Yeah. So they're so they're letting you kind of build out your own kind of department, if you will. Um, is that, is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's a team, um, you know, maybe one day we grow it, it'll be a department. That's obviously the goal. Um,
0: I'm sorry, maybe maybe the team department. I use maybe more of official word. That's my my fault. Yeah, but exactly. Yes, no, I, so, but you're on your own little
1: staff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Very cool. Uh, well, and that's I think uh, another thing too that that is lost and in, in just looking at and uh, looking at um, agencies is allowing that autonomy to exist within a larger entity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's even rare in of itself. I would imagine uh, to oh, where-
1: it's, it's it's so rare, Joey. And I so I'd like to go on the record if my pres if the president of McGowan Insurance, Lee Stacy, if he's listening to this, I will call him out by name. Lee. Um,
0: what's up, Lee?
1: He it, yeah, what's up, Lee? Uh, <laughs> just he's a, he's a visionary thinker. Um, he's great, yeah. and he saw um what I saw in Jake and he goes 100%, you know, whatever you need, let me know. Um, and so, you know, I say, I, I've had to sacrifice, Jake's had to sacrifice, uh, Leah's had to sacrifice as well. So, we're all in this together. We all have skin in the game to make this succeed. And I would just, to have someone like that is, it's invaluable. I I, I don't think you can put a cost on what it's like to have someone behind you like that. Um, and and I, I would hope, and I think that he looks at, me as someone who's willing to sacrifice for the greater good as well and I, I think I, I don't know how to say this um, but as a producer I've also been an agency owner and so I know what it's like to bring someone new on and the cost that that that's incurred there um and so I think a lot of producers maybe you know they're they're going well if if I just had one more CSR I could be out more if I just had one more, of this. If we just had this technology, I could sell more. And I, I would just challenge that producer, if that's the mindset, to go, what are you willing to sacrifice to get that? Um, yeah. That's, yeah. So, I I, I think, you know, it, if you're a producer, you have to have skin in the game um, if you want to grow it. So, uh, that'd be my challenge to producers.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, it's really interesting. And, and this is all kind of Folding in nicely to, I don't even know if you really know the full topic of, of we're going to have you at Elevate speaking and um, we got you on a panel. And right now I think the working title is uh, how to scale a 21st century agency. And it's really focused on, uh, you know, the one aspect that I like that you bring one, I didn't really know that you're bringing on and and kind of scaling within an already, you know, large agency um, is the, just the approach to, you know, the idea of scaling a book of business through larger accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's where kind of one of our original conversations started was just the idea of saying, listen, you know, I'm not going after that $5,000, you know, restaurant policy. I have an objective in mind, again, whether this is the the sacrifice or, or whatever, it's just, listen, I'm, I'm going to maybe forego that nickel to pick up a dollar sort of thing. And that's, I think, something that is important for agents of our generation to kind of grasp as sooner than later. How's that? I mean, how's that been working? And and obviously, with this new change, like it it is just a refreshing approach.
1: I would say, first of all, um, to a producer that's looking to grow and looking to scale, um, scaling always requires a sacrifice. And so, maybe what that means is looking at the lowest ten percent of your book of business and that commission base, and let's just say the lowest ten percent totals ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars of commission. What would it look like if you're just a producer to go to an agency owner and to say, hey, listen, this is the lowest 10%. um, This is $15,000 of commission. I'm willing to forego payment on that if we invest that $15,000 into... And then you could put sales training, Salesforce, uh, software, marketing campaigns, uh, things of that nature. Uh, So that way you have skin in the game, but you're forcing yourself. It's sort of like... You know, it, it, you're standing on the water and you're getting your toes wet, and you, you just need to jump in and force yourself to change. Otherwise, change seldom happens. So uh, that I would just recommend something like that. Um, that's something, and as I grow, I want to continue to do that. So I have a minimum threshold right now. Um, I want that minimum threshold to grow. Th- those are just kind of some of the ways that I'm thinking. Um, I have a boss that's very forward thinking, and so uh, we're able to plan together and um, things like that.
0: Is it kind of like the, uh, the old, uh, the up comedy, uh, trick where you take your, um, you take your, your closing joke and you put it at the front of your set the next year. So it kind of forces you to to get better push and things like that. I don't know.
1: I have not heard of that, but that is an incredible, I, I don't know much about psychology. I'm not a psychologist, uh, but that's an incredible way to motivate change. Um, and I don't, I personally, Joey, I don't change unless I force myself to. Um, And I have to put it out there. Otherwise, I'm just going to stay comfortable. So I have to put it out there, um, have accountability and say, this is what I'm doing come January 1st. And I have to put money on the table. Otherwise, I I am one of the laziest producers in the world. I will stagnate. Um, And if you stagnate, you're going backwards. And I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's I, I, again, I you know we keep some of the same company, and um, you know being both for, you know Northeast Ohio guys, uh, what what is your kind of take on on just you know the, the agents that you kind of run across? Um, I mean, because there's there's some that I mean wh- let me let me ask this like what's something that you've seen that has like man like. This this group of guys they've they've got it going like what like what's something that like really just has blown you away from from some agents I don't know if you have any examples that. I'm just kind of throwing off the top of my head here but I'm always curious as to you know what's got your attention from man that guy's really got it figured out or that gal
1: what what gets my attention is the the dedication to a a niche and wh- what I mean by that is let's just say there's a trades association like the Carpentry Trades Association, I don't know, where you insure carpenters. And there's an agent and you, you go on their website and it's this local association, you know, the Association of Building Owners, the Association of Landscapers, whatever it may be. And you yeah. look and see who the associate members are and you see one of the platinum members is an insurance agency. And you see they sponsor all their events and you see that you know there's only two or three other agents involved and they have a strong stranglehold um you know helping that association so really let's just say hypothetically a landscaper they don't see you as an insurance agent they see you as someone in the landscaping industry that offers insurance they see you yeah. as someone in the carpentry carpentry industry that offers insurance they don't look at you as an outside insurance agent agent you become an integral part of their industry that's That's the stuff that impresses me. That's the stuff where you box out your competition. That's the stuff where you land renewals. Those are the machines that get built that impress me the most.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's, I'm, I haven't, actually, I haven't even seen this on a scale that I would, I would really think is, is possible. Maybe I just, I haven't really looked hard enough, but um, quick example, I was, out at, um. Uh, the IOA innovation conference in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. And they had the, like one of the largest like concrete, um, con- uh, like concrete contractors, I guess that's a thing that's like a tongue twister, I guess, but th- it was, it was happening at the same time. And like, so all these, all these commercial guys are freaking out. Like, Oh man, I got some clients out here. And, and if you really stop and think about it, you know, why don't you, why aren't you owning that conference? I mean, because there's so many ways to own it, you know, whether you're sponsoring it or, Or even just again, like thinking about what we're doing right here, creating, you know, value to a, to a, to an industry. Um, even, even though that you might not be particularly a working member of it. And, um, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm fascinated with that approach as well because, um, it's, it's pretty easy once you identify those people to, to know who they are and then go right after them.
1: Yeah. And it, it takes time. It takes time to build. I, I think that's the problem is we try it for a year, we try it for two years, and you go, I only got one account yeah. out of it. And the people <laughs> yeah. that have the stranglehold, it's because they've been doing it for two decades. And um, so that's that's the investment cost. That's what, you know, at the beginning we talked about getting rich slow. Um it's it's a slow return on your money. Um it's an investment, it's a slog. And you know, you've gotta be you've gotta be in the black. You can't be in the red. Um, so you can't be spending fifteen thousand dollars your first year and not write an account. Um, so you want to make sure that your investment is in the black every year. But when you when you talk about that compound return of, you know, Patrick's been coming here for twenty years, and um, you know he's I trust he's been here rain shine. Uh, he's the one sending me emails, you know that add value, not just hey can I quote your insurance, but this article made me think of you. Um, you know Patrick's that guy and. We want to do business with him. That's the value that I think those agents that create. And those are the ones that, I mean, they don't intimidate me. Um, I I love to go up against them because you know you have a formidable opponent. And there's a tremendous amount of respect when you go up against them as well. Because you know what they've accomplished. You know what they built. And there's a healthy level of respect and admiration. And frankly, the thought comes across my mind is what do I need to do to get there? So...
0: Yeah. And so it's kind of been a, an underlying theme of our conversation a little bit of just that in, that patience or impatience. And, uh, you know, even when I do have conversations, you know, with agents, when you're in it, it, you know, a year or two feels like forever, but you know, when you, when you actually step back and look at it, if you've got somebody, if you got an agent that's in their mid to late twenties, if they started then, or, you know, shortly after getting into the business, I mean, they could be 33 and not even, even blinked. And I mean, the amount of time and, and kind of goodwill that they would have accrued during that period would, would be kind of astronomical. Agreed. Have you, have you had an experience with that? I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, like, I mean, is there, cause I know you're big in the, the, the habitational, mm-hmm. um, is the fancy word for your focus. Like what's like, yeah, are correct. you, are you kind of, are you planting those seeds? Have you been planting those seeds?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have been planting those seeds. So, um, we're, we're a part of, at McGowan, we're a part of a national organization as well as the local chapter. And there are other agents, insurance agents in our chapter. Um, and yeah. so, we we do the best that we can to box them out by creating value, um, by doing lunch and learns for property managers. Uh, we we I, It's my goal to do... Um you know, I did about one a month last year we 're going to try to do two a month this year of lunch and learns with property managers uh, just coming by All and right. adding value and then following up you know weekly follow ups, bi-weekly follow ups. Hey, I was thinking about you this article hey i don 't know if there's any properties coming up i 'd love to take a look, audit your current policies. Um, let you know the strengths and weaknesses of your current program. so things like that um, th- that 's the stuff that uh, we start to begin to add value. Um, but that that value adding takes time that level of trust takes time
0: yeah two a month that's pretty ambitious um just from even just a pure logistical standpoint um even one even you you i mean you successfully pulled off one one a month last year correct yep so i mean like if if let me let me kind of break this down a little bit if if an agent were looking to get into that game of of providing that on a, on a regular basis. Like what are some of the things that you found that get people there? Um, and, and that, um, and that really present well and and ultimately lead to further conversation.
1: Yeah, I would. So there's, there's a few pitfalls, um, that agents can fall into. I would say the first one, if you don't have sort of an area of focus or a niche, whatever you want to call it, um, it, the first thing can be decision paralysis, is because there's so much out there and you don't know what to choose. Yeah. Um, and so people say, do what you're passionate about. Well, it's insurance. I mean, I love the challenge of my job, but part of it is just picking something and going forward. So yep. figure out your top 10 clients. If two of them are landscapers, then go for it. You know, don't overthink it. Um, so <laughs> he, he who hesitates, I mean, you're just going to be sitting yeah. there waiting for passion to come. Waiting for the muse to come, and guess what? It never comes. Passion can be developed, and passion can be built. So that's what I would say to a younger agent. Um, you know, if you are sitting there, what do I? I don't know what to choose. I don't know if I'll like this niche or this niche. Just pick something and do it.
0: Really, what I want to know is, you know, for somebody that 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 is looking to jump into that game, right? The I want to put butts in the seats, if you will, on a consistent basis. You know, what's something that draws people month after month, and 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 how do you how do you pivot into you know? conversations that are meaningful after
1: oh yeah oh that's that's good so yeah so that's number one just pick something and go number two is to add value um, I most people talk about themselves this is my agency this is what we want to do this is how great we are come to my lunch and learn uh, we don't do any of that um, you know when we send our emails out and when we get call make our phone calls it's always other focused. This is what we've been seeing in your industry. This is what we've been seeing with your peer groups. Uh, this is what we see in your competitors. Uh, we'd love a chance to come out and meet with you and discuss. So don't make it about yourself and your insurance and your agency and how great you are. And you, it's, it, you, yeah, that's a delete button. That's a, that's a hang up on a cold call. Um, but if you make it about them, uh, your chances of success increase pretty rapidly.
0: Yeah. So I want to jump back real quick. And this, again, I've asked, I've asked people this question countless times. Right. And uh, it's, Hey, what are, what are your, what are you, what are you good at right now? Like, what are your top accounts? You know, like what, what type of business have you been writing? And and there's always a like hesitation to embrace whatever that thing is. Um, Yeah. And like, well, I don't know if this is like, Oh, what, you know, and it's such a true thing that, you know, just to own the, own that decision for like a better term. It's, I mean, just because you're doing it now doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it forever. But um, for whatever reason, the stars have aligned. We'll say for for what's working, and if it's continuing continuing to be profitable, why not go for it? And uh, and uh, yeah, it's just that got me that got me going. So, so I mean, what I want to know from you then is is that did you have a similar experience? I mean, obviously, you didn't wake up saying, "You know, I love me some apartment buildings, and uh, let's go do this day in and day out." Is that just something that you had maybe fallen into and just decided to roll with?
1: Yeah, it was something that I fell into and it was something that I decided to roll with. And even then, you know, it took me a while. I was hesitant to embrace it. You know, I was like, well, I want to do something sexy like (laughs) tech and biotech and all of this stuff. Well, you know, dirty little secret about tech and errors and omissions policy costs $2,000 and they don't have any assets, tangible assets to insure. So the Bob's 500. And there's <laughs> there's not a lot of money in insuring tech companies. So no matter how what the feather in the cap is, how sexy the account is, um, cyber insurance the, the the downward pricing trends continue. It's a race to the bottom in terms of premium. So um, I love tech; it's great. Um, I love to see where that world's headed. But there's there's just there's not a lot of money in insuring technology companies. Um, so. You know, I was always trying to create this niche and create that niche and at the end of the day, um, you know, you slowly over the years, you you, be, you begin to develop a competence and competence creates passion and increases passion. We're passionate about the things that we're competent about. And so, it's very difficult to ha- let a, have a muse hit you. I mean, some people are like this. You know, they grow up and they they know exactly what they want and they go and get it. But I would venture to guess that 90% of the people, you kind of drift through life waiting for the stars to align, waiting for something to happen, waiting for that muse to hit. And it just doesn't happen. So, I would just encourage agents to cultivate competence and passion will follow.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard when you're in it because... um... You don't, you don't, you don't want to, like you said, embrace that this is the thing that that you are, and even just just in being in insurance is probably the first um, level of confidence that people are kind of adjusting to. Let alone some type of specific business, but yeah, I, I can't. We could talk. We could certainly talk about niches all day long and uh, picking something and all that. I, I, I'm gonna, I kind of want to come out to a lunch and learn and just kind of sit and be like, yo, I want to want to see what's going on here. Um, just because it sounds fun, Patrick. I'm gonna be honest. You want to? You want to uh, be the? Th-
1: well, you'll be the uh, third member of my team. i be like, this is my colleague Jake, and this is my other colleague Joey, and we'll just yeah, make we'll one just, business card for you, and you can sit in and just smile and uh, eat some food. Look, It'll be great.
0: Like pretty. Yeah, I can do that. Sounds like sounds like a pretty easy gig. Um, so as we kind of wrap things up here, I'm kind, I'm I'm curious again from uh, like I said, like just from your perspective. Yeah, I ask this question a lot, but you know, where, where, where you see, you know, your current position in your insurance journey, what, what, what's the one thing that if you could today or tomorrow, just make one thing easier or better, or that you feel is kind of outside of your immediate control, uh, what is that thing that you, you kind of want to urge the industry to kind of start thinking about?
1: Uh. Uh whew. um <laughs> trust me as an agent. Um, that's the most difficult part. I, I don't want to say the pros on the prospect side. The prospects shouldn't trust me. Um, but on the underwriting side, um, you know, there used to be a lot more relationships with underwriters. Uh there yeah. used to be, um, you know, hey, this is a great account. Um, let's be aggressive with the pricing. And now, you know, with computers and technology and um, predictive modeling, taking over, um, the the price is becoming more and more set and the price is the price. Um, so the value that you can add as an agent um, to the underwriting community uh, gradually diminishes. Um, it isn't gone and I don't think it will ever be gone um, because we're adding a service that I don't think technology could ever uh, replace. But I the frustrating thing is you make the sale with the prospect and then you have to go back to an underwriter or to a carrier, and that carrier just goes, nope, yeah, not in our appetite, or nope, I know you want this price, we're going to be $40,000 higher. That drives me crazy, is you make the sale on one end, you turn around and you try to make the sale to your carrier partner, and then they don't buy. Uh, It's the biggest frustration.